Any last minute business? <laughs> Ruba! 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 Welcome to Intro to X. This podcast is out there. I am FBI Director Robin, and I'm jo- joined by my special agents. Sammy. Ruba! <laughs> Sorry, Claire. <laughs> Claire. Brad. And we, we also have a uh, guest with us. Um, Nora was our original guest, but she couldn't do it. So, Steph, we're glad you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be here to come do it. <laughs> Steph from the famous uh, so Steph, Steph fellow FBI director yeah that's right you're you're uh, you're a special sort agent of. right I've I've seen up to halfway through season three right Ooh. so you like been through the academy you know <laughs> okay <laughs> but you know you, you haven't got too much field experience yeah there's still a lot more ahead <laughs> That I haven't you haven't harassed any local sheriffs yet. Okay, well, uh... She's like a bit of an agent starling. <laughs> yeah. Let's stretch this metaphor as far as we can, guys. <laughs> <laughs> also, just wanted to say, uh, we are recording on a momentous day. Um, it's the anniversary of the day that uh, Brad Couples was brought into the universe. Uh, happy, happy birthday, anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday. Thanks, kids. It's me, Owen Wilson, and Mickey Mouse. Woo! <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. Not bad company. <laughs> and uh, just want to let people know that they should check out the Ramjack feed because they got a vidcast out. And nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rad. I'm, I'm going to say I'm kind of proud of it. It's awesome. So good. <laughs> Except uh, Robin's. Uh, Robin makes an appearance, and he, he says some really terrible things about America. <laughs> Uh, Pro Nazi. I was shocked. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, maybe some of the things I was saying weren't completely understood or maybe misconstrued. I don't know. I think everything, it's all there. We didn't edit the video at all. <laughs> the power's got you, Robin. You've changed. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, before we get into this week's episode, we actually have some late feedback. And maybe we should tackle that before getting into uh, this episode. We have one for Squeeze. Mm -hmm. So this is from Val. It says, uh, Hi, X-Filer, newbies, Robin, and guest Moira. I didn't have a chance to comment on episode two because of that damn Hurricane Sandy leaving me powerless for six days. Don't ask. It sucked beyond the telling. But I'm ready to go now. That was definitely the best episode of the three so far. I love when shows introduce creepy characters and their wacko shenanigans like tombs. Man, even his name is creepy. Random thoughts. Uh, when victim number two was lighting the fireplace, did everyone think Toombs was going to pop out of there and grab him? I was getting all tense waiting for that to happen. Hello, Mr. Act, you got me good. <laughs> it's like an evil Santa Claus. <laughs> um, 
Regarding the part where Tombs goes headfirst down the chimney, it wigs me out seeing people crawl in the tight spaces because it makes me feel a little claustrophobic. In this case, a ridiculously tight space. So I was uncomfortable to say the least. What was that ectoplasm slime stuff that dripped on Scully in her bathroom? Hmm, maybe Tombs was spying on Scully and he got excited and shot his load. I'm reading this. <laughs> no? Oh, well, just a disgusting His bile load. Bile <laughs> load. <laughs> I don't remember that goo being around Tombs' other victims, but I have a short-term memory, so I could be misremembering. So Tombs needs to keep... Uh, the other victims were all men, weren't they? Uh, weren't they? No, wasn't there a college student they talked about? Like the last... Yeah, oh, we didn't see yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. So Tombs needs Tombs livers... Tombs likes the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Tombs needs livers to keep living? I didn't even... Didn't have time to watch it again, so I'm sure Robin will set us newbies straight. Uh, Scully's FBI friend Colton was a tool. I was so happy when Spooky Mulder and Scully broke his case. In your face, Colton! Interesting ending. I'm sure it's just a matter of time before Tombs makes his break out of that food tray slot. You'd think they'd be proactive and cover up any little space like that, unless they're guarding him 24-7. Are you guys doing a Duchovny hair watch? I don't remember. Was it not as high this up? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, full disclosure, I was listening to an American Horror Story podcast last week, and they spoiled me about something that happens to someone on the X-Files. It was a quick statement that came out of nowhere, and I couldn't even rip my headphones fast enough off uh, to not hear it so I heard what I heard I don't even know if it's a big deal if it's on an X-Files spoiler scale but maybe I'll email you about it Robin yeah you can actually send me any sort of spoilerific stuff uh, super secret spoiler at intro to x.com um, so she says uh, so I quite enjoyed this one and I'll give it 8 out of 10 crazy glowy eyed stares hopefully we'll get more kinds of storylines like this you guys are a fun listen have a great podcast thanks Val Oh, thanks, Val. Thank you, Val. That kind of came in a little past the line, but we might need to uh, say sorry next time that happens. <laughs> but anyway, the X-File we're opening today is for Season 1, Episode 4, Conduit. And uh, <laughs> we do our episode always starting off with the uh, plot summary. And it's Claire. Yes! Oh, no! <laughs> Robin, are you on the list? Oh. <laughs> Am I on the list? Of course he's not. <laughs> no. Robin is not on the list. Okay. Absolutely not. Why wouldn't why not? Because I think he should be. You want it's me? just as hard to summarize something in sixty seconds whether you've seen it before or not. I will put and myself by this on point, the list for we're next summarizing week. something we've all seen. Yeah. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So uh ready to go, Claire? Yep. Okay. I'm ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay, so we're at um, a crazy lake where there's camping, and and the caravan starts to shake, and it's not a Tyrannosaurus Rex, as you might think. It's some kind of crazy weird light, and the mum runs out, and her daughter's been kidnapped. Oh, no! And then we find out that this uh, case has been denied to Mulder because it's too similar to when his sister went missing many, many years ago, um, but uh, Scully wants to do it anyway, and they go and investigate, and the mum is weirdly calm. Weird. And she also looks a bit like Margot Kidder. Anyway, so, um, then they investigate and go to a crazy roadhouse bar. Um, Mulder bonds with a wolf. Uh, they find out this girl's pregnant. I didn't really get that whole bit of what was going on with that. 
and they find out that all these abductions take place at the lake. And then in the end, they go into the woods and they find a girl um, without doing absolutely anything to help find her. And then at the end, everyone's happy apart from Olda who sits in a church and tries to cry. The end. One minute, three seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Oh, and there's also obviously a creepy kid. I completely forgot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> creepy kid for real. Creepy kid alert. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, the mention of that bizarre random plot. <laughs> yeah. So, episode like debriefing, episode. here we go. Um, this is uh, written by Alex Ganza and Howard Gordon, who also write and executive produce uh, 24 and Homeland, which is pretty Ooh. interesting. Um, and we start off at Lake Okaboji in Sioux City, Iowa. We're at a campfire, the kids are sleeping, and then all of a sudden Darlene Morris wakes up to her motorhome shaking all over the place. Okay. Here's my first note, I'm sorry, but... Who sleeps with a full cup of tea next to the mortar coffee or whatever it was? Why was it there? This family is obsessed with hot drinks because they she has a full cup of tea there or a cup of coffee and then apparently the last thing they do before running out of their house later is put the kettle on. They really like their tea and coffee. They do. Um. <laughs> The worst mother ever. That was, that was important information. <laughs> yeah, she was. I did think that during the earthquake, that was a pretty rough fall out of, out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't an earthquake, Tammy. It was. Uh, yeah, that's true. Pennywise the clown again <laughs> with all the light. <laughs> he was taking the caravan from outside. <laughs> and um, yeah, so she goes out to find her son, saying that uh, Ruby's gone. Ruby! <laughs> <laughs> Ruby! Ruby! Uh, so Darlene here is played by uh, Carrie Snodgrass, who was once married to Neil Young. His album Harvest was inspired by this woman. Um, and she was almost cast as Adrian in Rocky. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't enough money in it for her, so she passed. <laughs> really? Yep. Yeah, the lady, she does look like Margot Kidder, but she looks like a cross between Margot Kidder and the uh, Sparkle Motion lady. Ooh, uh, Beth, what's her name? Beth, Beth, oh, Beth Ricks? Beth, Beth Grant? Beth, Beth Grant. Grant. Who's Beth Ricks? Who the hell's that? Right, I'm going to have to look that person up there. <laughs> she does a bit. She, I think she reminded me of Margot Kidder because she had the same kind of husky voice as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I recognized her as an actress and I also recognized the, uh, pregnant girl, but I didn't know where, where from. I didn't want to obviously IMDB it. Hmm. Well, I recognize the little boy. He seems to have been in a lot of things when he was young, about that age. Hmm. He was in the amazingly brilliant film Dreamcatcher. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Who's he playing Dreamcatcher? He's, um, he's one of the younger versions of them. He's... Aww. He's you young Pete. Young Pete. Oh, he's young Timothy Oliphant. Aww. <laughs> you just my mind, Brad. I love that film so much. No, you don't. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's the worst film Now ever. listen up, bucko. Nobody crosses the curse line. 
seriously, if you ever want to see Thomas Jane talking into a gun like it's a phone, seriously, <laughs> you need to watch that film. <laughs> All right, so we're back at FBI headquarters, and uh, Section Chief uh, Blevins is telling Scully that Mulder's investigating tabloids now. <gasps> and he brings up this Shocker. file on Samantha, and it's like, is it is it getting personal for him? Or is, what's going on? When is it never not personal for Mulder? <laughs> oh. Also, he says um, that he's investigating tabloid headlines. It's not even the headline. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the headline. <laughs> uh, also, fun fact on Charles Chaffee, who plays Blevins, he's actually uh, a voice in the background on Pink Floyd's The Wall. There's a sound clip of a soap opera playing in Pink's apartment if you ever listen to that album and uh, it's it's during that it's during the part it's right before one of my turns it's the part where the, you hear the girl go are all these your guitars and there's a TV going on in the background Charles Chaffee's voice is immortalized forever wow From it's a clip from uh, another world <laughs> wow yeah fun facts <laughs> so um <laughs> Scully is trying to tell Mulder we, they shouldn't do this and he explains that Okaboji is a UFO hotspot and some Girl Scouts saw a UFO back in 67 and one of them is Darlene Morris. So what? <laughs> and I just, apparently that's enough for them to approve the travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. here's the thing. Could he have not at least, at least taken the minimal effort to actually pull up the actual missing persons report? <laughs> and have that filed with his, you know, uh, his travel expenses. <laughs> it's like, no, here's here's something from a tabloid. I see this name in it. I recognize it from another crazy UFO thing. <laughs> also, That'll do. What, if she was at that same lake, because she was at the same lake, right, when she was a kid. Yeah. And had this weird experience and saw, like, an, an alien. Why is she taking her kids there and letting them sleep out in the open? Because <laughs> she's the worst mother. Yeah. <laughs> like worst case scenario, even if there, if even if she didn't think there were UFOs and aliens, there are definitely wolves there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're pretty. Uh, they're not that shy. Those wolves either. Yeah, I was going to no, defend the whole uh, UFO thing, but then you brought the wolves thing up, and oh, well, you know, they're definitely like seeing a UFO uh, thirty years before maybe is, you know. You don't, you're like, okay, well, whatever. That was that was 30 years ago. But, yeah, the fact that there's wild wolves. Up, I don't know. Um, people camping outside. And there are crazy tattooed bikers driving around at night, <laughs> like the Lost Boys. Yeah. <laughs> the Lost Boys. <laughs> Love it. That's what I thought of when I saw that scene. I just wanted to say hello to the night, lost in the shadows. To stop. Tammy gets that. Yes, I actually get it now. Yes. <laughs> I may post that video on the Facebook group. <laughs> oh, speaking of Facebook group, in the uh, super secret spoiler group, the scrapbook has been revealed. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so so glad I'm not in that group. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're at the Morris residence, and we see little Kevin scribbling away. And Mulder... And, and the giantest... Sat- is that a word? Giant, the biggest satellite I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> on I remember this. We're in everybody's yeah. yard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And I thought at this point that has to definitely be something to do with it. Because I don't, I've seen this episode, this was like, I've seen it now four times. So I've seen it twice this week and I've seen it twice before. I didn't remember a thing about this episode and t- uh, apart from the paper on the ground scene that's later. So I was like, oh, it must be something to do with the satellite. Because I didn't remember a thing. Are you saying you've seen the entire series? Yeah, I've seen all of it. <laughs> but I had that alien mind wipe, so I don't remember any of it. Um, as long as you don't talk about their dresses, we're fine. Yeah, <laughs> I won't mention anything. So I'm sure you guys might want to bring up the fact that Mulder is... Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> that What? Mulder, get your index finger off that child's crotch, you <laughs> creepy chimo. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not going to say that Mulder has any sort of uh, chimo feelings. Silly <laughs> word. It was a terrible acting choice for the company to do that. Uh, yes. That's just what the hell was that? Um, <laughs> that's not your sister, Mulder. And even if it was, that still would not be it's right. A little weird. That's not natural at all. If the uh, finger wasn't on the crotch, at least. <laughs> I mean, just the, I mean, does he do that with every little girl swimsuit shot since he's? Yeah, mm-hmm. just, he does. That's just weird. <laughs> um, so Scully wonders if uh, um, Ruby's dad took her, um, and uh, oh yeah, because Mul- she's trying to make some kind of logical connection. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You mean she's trying to do her job? Yeah. <laughs> And she's very calm, the mum, I thought. I thought she was way too calm. Because <laughs> she seemed like later to just be like, oh yeah, it was the aliens that took her. But she was so calm. <laughs> and I was like, I'd be freaking the hell out. Yeah, yeah well, it makes you wonder what happened to her. Yeah. When the little girls were, if the little girls were abducted or what is her story? And just like with Mulder. Obviously, he feels just like the little boy does, and is Mulder a conduit? Mm. Has he been touched? <laughs> as long as he wasn't touched the way that he was touching that photograph, I'm fine. Uh, Sometimes when we touch, <laughs> So yeah, Kevin's had some nightmares, and he's starting to draw these zeros and ones on pieces of paper, and he says that they're coming from the TV. Oh, creepy kid. Yeah. When he turned around, he's like, it's coming from there. I was like, ah, stop. I immediately thought of Poltergeist. There. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is cool. This whole bit with him, with the kid, with the zeros and ones, it's cool and creepy, but it's so tacked on, it doesn't feel like it connects to anything. Yeah. Well, the whole thing about... Oh, sorry, Stefan. Well, I was just going to say, where most shows, the whole episode would revolve around that one thing, that mm. the kid is the mm. conduit, because that's the title of the episode. You would think that it would, there would be more about that, but it's just one part of the story. The problem- and it doesn't make sense. He's a con- First of all, I, I'm still against using this word conduit. It's the most vague thing ever, and uh-huh. even when they explain it, it's awful. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Okay, so the kid's sister was abducted by aliens. He was around a UFO. Now he's a conduit to what? The whole thing when, as well, 
with the the first kind of set of code that he was writing, where it turned out to be like a bit of music, a bit of music, and a bit of a picture, they never explained that either. Because they said it's like you're switching channels, but I was like, but we'll get to that. We'll get <laughs> okay. to that. Trust. Let's first drop in on Sheriff Withers, and uh, the sheriff says that Ruby's a party girl. Sexist. Okay, sexist. Okay, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how come? Because Ruby uh, supposedly had a lot of boyfriends or whatever, so that automatically makes her story irrelevant. That makes that makes her disappearance. Well, we just assume she's on the back of a Harley Davidson. I mean, she's a girl. No matter what her past or what her behavior is, she is an innocent girl that uh, that or just a child. She's yeah. a, she's a child that uh, deserves the attention that any child would should get. Mm-hmm. I just it was. Oh my! I mean, you know, two sexist episodes in a row here is this <laughs> is this of the time i mean I, I was alive at this time and i i just this seems excessive i don't know i was pretty bad to women back around this time i was just like <laughs> whatever lady maybe a turkey pot pie <laughs> get in the kitchen already um and yeah, Sheriff Withers uh, is played by Michael Cavanaugh, Claire, who apparently played the talkative hobo in uh, the episode of Carnival. Pick a number. What? <laughs> I don't remember a talkative hobo. But he is talkative hobo. Uh, in I know. I. I know. I was oh. like, was was it the? Oh, I vaguely remember. Yeah, but in Pick a Number, they're in the crazy town. I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to rewatch it. Was there a, pick a, a talkative ghost hobo? You remember that scene? You remember that scene where the guy hops off the train and then has a long chat? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this at all. I'm going to have to look it up. So outside, uh, uh, Mulder and Scully get a note on their car, and it's this girl across the street. And uh, they nearly get hit by a car, but they follow her. <laughs> no, Mulder almost pushes Scully into a car. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we meet her friend, and after hearing like the the sheriff or whoever tell, say Darlene's little girl was no prom queen, did anyone else start thinking of Twin Peaks? It's <laughs> like we're like yeah. in this foresty area. There's this blonde girl mm-hmm. who kind of looks like she's a good girl, but she's really not, and she goes missing. And later, when they get to the lake, all I kept hearing was she's dead, wrapped in plastic, going on <laughs> over and over in my head. Yeah, Welcome to my world, Tammy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, but I really do feel like so much of this show is supposed to be a digestible version of Twin Peaks. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think at this point in the series, definitely. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like that was the, the, the beginning premise. We're going to make Twin Peaks that people can watch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not so much like the episode last week, but the, you know, like the other three have all been the kind of alien. Well, those are story. Yeah, it's definitely have to feel like the 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 non monster of the week one. Actually, I have a quote here from Howard Gordon, the one of the writers, and he's just talking about you know how they wrote the episode. He says we wanted to create an air of tension with everything that happened. We wanted to explain what it could be. At every point, everything can be explained. Was she taken or killed by her boyfriend? Was she 
who is she seeing against her mother's wishes? Is it Twin Peaks or an alien abduction? That's the theme of the show. (laughs) (laughs) So they directly reference Twin Peaks. I'm talking about the episode. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so the girl in at the library, what did she what was the whole point of her talking to um Mulder and Scully in private? Oh, they get them off on a different track apparently. Okay. To be like, "Hey, she got pregnant by the Greg and Greg's Greg and her probably ran off together." The problem is the thing is she doesn't know where um where Ruby is. Right. <laughs> if she, if she'd killed Ruby, then this would make sense. But they didn't come to investigate Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Ruby could just turn up and be like... Uh, right. They weren't exactly <laughs> specific on, at, at the end, you know, during the interrogation um, of what she actually saw. Like, Mulder pretty much told her everything that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bam. Yeah, bam. Bam, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so uh, Greg worked at the Pennsylvania pub, so naturally we gotta go jump, drop into there. And uh, I do, I do love when um, when the girl in the library disappears, Batman style, <laughs> <laughs> and Mulder and Scully, with their amazing investigative powers, can't seem to find her. I like to think she just like kind of lowered herself be- below the books, like she just right out of eye level. <laughs> they did this. She did she the stairway trick. Her. Yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, maybe run to the other side of the shelf. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I love. They're trying to play up like the mystery of that scene too, and it's just like they run around. They look really startled. Like, where did she go? <laughs> <laughs> so at this uh, biker bar, we have Kip, the bartender, um, who's played by the lovely Donald Gibb, who was Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds, a classic tale. Um, <laughs> he was in three of the four. Revenge of the Nerds films. Um, it was four? There were four. Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he says uh, Greg's been missing for three weeks and then Mulder spots his tattoo. It's the worst tattoo ever. Yeah. It's like, I would not be happy if I had that tattoo. No, me neither. I would get my money back. You know, that tattoo looks... You're meant to tattoo the ink. You're not meant to draw it on with a felt-tip pen, mister. (laughs) That tattoo looked more like a cheeseburger than that one that Seth Green saw. (laughs) (laughs) I like when... I I like when Kip uh, invites Mulder to uh, to ride with them. You should come ride with us. And I just wanted to cut to the next scene and, like, Mulder putting a helmet on... The sunglasses. Born to be yeah. wild, firing up. <laughs> um, and uh, what'd you think of Kip's uh, Kip's ear problem? His okay. sunburn. So, if if it burned his ear off, it would it would also burn the hair around it. Okay, and that hair would not grow back because that would be scar tissue. Am I right? So why did it just burn his ear? <laughs> For the same reason, it just burned some the tops of some trees and just a little spot of sand, <laughs> and the doorknob on the motorhome, but not the stairs. That did it did not burn that sand. That could have been struck by lightning, and that would have been hot enough to turn it to glass. Yeah. The whole what is the heat thing with the UFOs? How is this what? 
How are we supposed to think this works? Like when yeah, they arrive? watching this episode, I I realize like I am not on my up on my UFO lore at all. I'm like I don't know what's supposed to be happening. I don't I don't understand the fire in the sky thing. Like I <laughs> I don't get what's going on <laughs> and what it has to do with UFOs. Please don't say fire in the sky. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> maybe their technology that uh, that runs their spacecraft uh, emits a lot of heat. I don't know. Yeah, when they're landing. But only in tiny little spaces. I know, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Why did it hit the ear? And It's a budget problem. <laughs> should have a totally burnt man behind the bar? I, I don't even I think it's a budget cool problem. <laughs> it's not even a budget problem. It's a, here's something cool. It's not going to make sense, but it's cool problem. Yeah. But it was cool. Yeah. But that's not enough. <laughs> so the next scene is uh, the NSA cracking down on Mulder and Scully. Mulder's not going to give up Kevin. <laughs> and they just barge into their hotel rooms just in the middle of the night. Hey, they work yeah. in the shadows. They couldn't just know like, them. knock on the door. <laughs> ah. They're rude. <laughs> we get Mulder skin. We had Scully skin before. This week we get Mulder skin. In bed head. <laughs> so, okay, the NSA, this is a military agency that goes over information. Uh, aren't they in charge of our national security? Hence the national security part of the A administration. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what's the difference between Homeland Security and NSA? Homeland Security didn't exist yet. Okay, so if we have NSA, why did we need Homeland Security? We don't need Homeland Security. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if they could be. I'll be glad to talk for a few hours on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Here's my question about this: They Mulder faxed one page of of handwritten binary, and they're talking about it to security code for an NSA satellite or whatever. Um, one page of binary. How how many numbers are in this security code? Like two or three? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because one page of handwritten binary is not going to be that much data. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> true. Which is why later, when they send the whole 72 pages, none of it makes sense. <laughs> Their satellite code was just one, two, three, and they just <laughs> hope no one would guess it. <laughs> and so they took Kevin. Yep. That's his name, yeah. right? They just took him. Separated him from his mom. Took him out. Because you can do that. Yep. Yeah, that sounds legal. <laughs> so, and even I when love- they're going through his room, like, they're just tearing things <laughs> off the wall. I'm just like, what the hell? They broke his piggy bank. <laughs> that was the worst oh, one. Really? <laughs> you, know, you know who else steals children without permission, don't you? <laughs> Pennywise the clown. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's going to be the, the big reveal at the end of the season. Oh, you guys, we just watched it. It does not hold up. Do not watch no, it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's terrible. terrible. You know who else was in, in, in it? Seth Green. I'm telling you, it's all connected. <laughs> nice. 
I love when they're tearing through the room and the one guy's like flipping through the book and throwing it down to the ground. Yeah. The the look dismissive look on his face, it looks like he's like, Oh, this is stupid. That's a terrible <laughs> ending. <laughs> Derivative. <laughs> he's judging the children's books as he throws them down. Wrinkle in time. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Three little pigs. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> so uh, at the FBI office, we meet. Uh, oh, I forgot to say the motorhome has got a burnt roof. It's got a toasty roof. <laughs> I was waiting for uh, Scully to go up there and then put some of it in her pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the difference between between Fox Mulder and Doctor David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Is Dr. David Hasselhoff could just listen to that and know what it was. <laughs> That's why Baywatch Nights is a superior program. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Agent Atsumi uh, is telling us that, uh, yeah, out of these numbers, she got Da Vinci's Universal Man, DNA, nope. Uh, nope. Brandenburg Concerto. Koran, Shakespeare. Mulder says it's just like they're switching channels. I don't get it. Well, he was getting it from the TV. But what TV is he watching? Wouldn't he be drawing pictures of like I don't know, David Hasselhoff so in Baywatch? If he's is this the, the alien? This is how the aliens see us. Like they. Uh, Maybe maybe that's what Kevin is. He's a conduit, and the aliens can see our stuff through Kevin. I thought I wondered if this was actually like a real thing, and this was some information that had been sent out into space. Yeah. You know, to be yeah. careful if there was any... I didn't know if that was... Isn't it, that Voyager? Because, you know, I don't know. Just... Some sort of satellite. Yeah. It's in Starman. Uh... <laughs> They used it in um, Contact, didn't they? And it was the Olympic opening ceremony from Berlin with Hitler opening the Olympics or something. So I didn't know if it was like a similar thing and this was information that had actually been sent and it, it was being sent back to him through the TV. That would make Because so I was like, why sense. is he getting it through the TV? Like, why? It, surely if it was getting it through the TV signals, then it would be stuff that would be on TV. Well, know. in reality, in reality, um, the TV, the kid was just trying to watch scrambled porn. Um, <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. Kevin really was touched in some way. <laughs> oh, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, uh, Mulder, uh, after being told to stay away, uh, Mulder tells Scully that Kevin is a conduit and he's a, he's a link to Ruby and Scully finally calls Mulder out on being too close to this. Finally. I love that trope. You're too close. <laughs> you gotta back away. <laughs> but of all the things to call him out on, I feel like being too close is the least of the problems. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she cares for Mulder, apparently, you know? I mean, you know, so he sees that, she sees that it's damaging his, his, uh, you know, his rational mind. <laughs> he doesn't have a rational mind. <laughs> so, Lake Okaboji, yeah, uh, the tree line is singed, there's glass in the sand, 
And I wrote to myself, why wasn't Kevin burned? That's what I wrote. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the motorhome starts shaking. She runs out. There's a f- kid on fire running around. Ah! Come on! <laughs> and then uh, Mulder runs with wolves. <laughs> yeah, he has a moment. He shares a moment with that wolf. I was like, is that Mulder's spirit guide? <laughs> it was like it was like Kevin Costner and Two Socks the Wolf in Dances with Wolves. <laughs> it was like they were one. <laughs> Dan thought it might be Jacob from Twilight. No. <laughs> I, it should have been Ruby as a werewolf. That would have been awesome. Uh, <laughs> I think it's his Patronus. <laughs> um, and they were all white wolves. They were all like unusual colored wolves, I thought. I don't know. We don't have wolves over here. <laughs> um, my daughter tells me that wolves are all different colors. Yeah. I thought if they were white, they were... I don't know. I, I don't, wonder I don't if they were animals. I didn't even know there was mosquitoes in Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Mackie will have to correct me on this. Carol, we're going to get some wolf facts sent to us here if we keep on this track. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, yeah, uh, Mulder gets to use his gun for the first time in the show right here. This is the first time he's discharged his weapon. <laughs> and also, if you're going to shoot up in the air in a film, it should be a rule that you do it full point break style and lie on the ground and shoot four times in the air while going, ah, bang, 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 bang. You could definitely tell he was getting too close to it if he did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, Mulder is really upset tr- and starts disturbing the crime scene. How great would it have been if, like, he's like doing these? Scully's like Mulder. She's been missing for a while. This is ridiculous. And then all of a sudden he lifts over a rock and it's like, <gasps> oh my god, you got me out just in time. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that was close. I mean, Mulder's- if Mulder behaved professionally, I would be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> he does get gloves on in the next scene. Yeah, but Mulder disturbs the crime scenes, but in the next scene he puts gloves on. But then the sheriff is holding the wallet. I think, ah, it, hasn't yes. he got gloves? And then he taps it against his lips. And I was like, what are you doing? I'll just you contaminate just contaminated it. Yeah, I'm just going to contaminate this with my DNA. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> so the, this is very plan nine. the body of Greg Randall, he had an appointment for this uh, Dr. Jack Fowler, who apparently was taking care of the baby or going to give an abortion or consulting on pregnancy. or I think he was giving an abortion <laughs> because later they say your baby, he would have been the father or he was the father. Uh, um, and yeah, we go back to the sheriff's office and the handwriting matches the mystery girl. And Tessa is brought in. Bam. We find out that Tessa was the one. <laughs> <laughs> Tessa was the one who was actually pregnant. Scully threatens Tessa with perjury. Mulder threatens her with bam. <laughs> um. But yeah, she says uh, she might have she might have killed Greg, but Ruby wasn't there. So 
which threw one of my theories out the window was that uh, Ruby killed Greg and then ran away. <laughs> and then when she was found, was just going to make up a crazy alien story. <laughs> yeah. And Mulder would believe it. So. <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> but then when she uh, admitted she basically killed Greg, I was like, oh, well, I guess that didn't happen then. <laughs> Mulder's only right through coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode. So Ruby wasn't there. So did this happen before Ruby was abducted or after Ruby was abducted? When Tessa killed Greg. I, I was really confused by the timeline of things. I can make wild guesses at it, but I don't think there's anything concrete that I can tell. Well, I think, um, um, doesn't don't they say at the uh, at the uh, um, at the bar that he hasn't been to work for two weeks? Three weeks. Yeah. Three. Okay, so it's three weeks. In the meantime, there's been time to for this story, for um, Ruby's mother to go to the cops, um, and a tabloid to pick up the story and print it, and Mulder to get it and get his expense report in. <laughs> so I don't know when any of this happened. It makes no sense. <laughs> They almost feel like, you know, uh, uh, Tessa followed Greg out there to meet, and, and Greg was going there to meet Ruby, and... Um, and Ruby was going to leave her little brother to the wolves yes. camping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, outside, Scully tells uh, Mulder it's over, and tells Mulder to stop running after your sister. Ruby says he's not... Or Ruby says he's not giving up on Mulder. No. <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> So at the Morris residence, they find that Darlene and Kevin are gone. And then we see what the code actually is made of. Or the code is a picture of Ruby. <laughs> so, um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was, that's the only moment I remembered from this episode. That was a pretty cool moment. It is cool, but still doesn't really make any sense connected to anything else. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how he's getting a picture of her through the television and why. And why that the code that makes the picture of her is filled with random bits Other stuff. and bobs. Yeah. Um, well, I have uh, another fact here. Uh, the production made a printout of these zeros and ones that would create a picture of Ruby. And then somebody had to actually go over the printout and make each zero and one look like it was written by an eight-year-old. <laughs> And apparently it took several wow. days just for this sec this shot that only was for like a few seconds. That it was so far away shot. you would Yeah, but you yeah. wouldn't have yeah. ever noticed whether those right. <laughs> zeros and ones were made by a computer or an eight year old. Yeah. So out at Lake Okaboji again. Um I'm gonna miss saying that name. <laughs> um Hold up, hold up. Oh go ahead. Oh sorry. Uh, we we had to talk about the fact that the they left the kettle on. Yeah. yeah. So apparently they just left. Yeah, I was thinking ten minutes tops tops. They love their tea. Who leaves the kettle <laughs> on? A woman who is a little crazy and just realized that all those uh, notes make a picture of her daughter, and they got to go. They run out the door to. She totally forgot about the kettle. I think. So, so, okay. So here's the scenario. Um, little creepo weirdo Kevin 
finishes his his binary masterpiece. Uh, Mom's put the kettle on to make her tea. She goes upstairs to get some pills because she needs her pills to get through the day. Um, up she turns around. She's like, Ah, there's a picture of my daughter. They hop in the RV and go back to the campsite because why? Because she's coming back. How do they know that? <laughs> maybe I think she's making a. They I don't know. know. Maybe Kevin said because she's Kevin coming is back. a conduit, Brad. That's what. <laughs> what does that mean? Brad, keep up. <laughs> what does it mean? I mean, when Mulder I catches up with Kevin, he's pretty insistent that his sister is coming back. So maybe he was saying to his mother that Ruby's coming back. And probably, probably in like a really creepy way too. Like, mom, Ruby's coming back. <laughs> like here. pointing to things. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Mulder tells us a little tale about how when he was a boy, he'd keep going. He'd close his eyes before going into his bedroom, hoping that Samantha would be there when he opened them. And you can take that as purely innocent, or or you can make something <laughs> creepy out of that. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be sweet and cute if he wasn't 12 years old when this happened. <laughs> that just makes it a little sad and creepy. Aww. Um, so, Mulder... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mulder and Scully catch up with the uh, motorhome. They find it abandoned. And they hear uh, Darlene yelling away. <laughs> 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 so, Mulder runs after Kevin... After Scully and him catch up with Darlene, and they see a light in the woods. Sorry, sorry. Have to stop you again. Worst mother. <laughs> Where's Kevin? He got away. Yeah. You already lost one kid. <laughs> <laughs> How do you lose another one in the woods that are full of wolves? <laughs> um. So yes. Um. Say hello to the night comes on. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I would have given anything, anything, if it was Kiefer Sutherland leading those boxes for that point. I would have given my firstborn child. Seriously, it would have been amazing. I think it would be cool if uh, Kevin got away from Mulder and then Ogre, like, hands um, Mulder his motorcycle. He's like, go after him. <laughs> <laughs> straps on the helmet and, yeah yeah um but yeah this motorcycle gang nearly runs them over and uh then Mulder is trying to tell Kevin that you know it, this happened to me too and, but um he hears Scully yelling in the in the forest and they find Ruby naked and covered uh in some blanket that came out of nowhere and <laughs> totally unconscious <laughs> She's unconscious. I think she's still alive or something like that. You don't do CPR when they're just unconscious. Yeah. Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> um, so, at the hospital, we find out all sorts of medical jargon that pretty much says to Mulder that means she's had prolonged weightlessness. Actually, they say, I noted it, there's no sign of head trauma. But she has bruises on her face. I was like, what? That's her head? What are you on about? <laughs> That's head trauma. <laughs> but 
they say some other things that I, I mean, something about her white blood cell counts elevated and something else is out of whack. Anyway, astronauts that have been in outer space uh, show that. Yeah. Clearly, the only reasonable explanation. <laughs> so uh, we finally meet Ruby. He's got his rock and some eighties hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? Uh, oh, I'm not supposed to tell. And Darlene says basically she doesn't want Ruby scrutinized like she was. From now on, they're gonna realize they're gonna just say that Darlene was off with the bikers. And they'll be going back camping to Lake What's It Called next weekend. <laughs> Because that yeah. mom really doesn't care. <laughs> so Scully's listening to Mulder's regressive therapy sessions. Can she do that? Apparently. <laughs> she's got access to the Samantha X-Files, so it must be in there. I feel like that's a weird breach of many things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know. I mean, maybe he's willing to share his... Uh, um, X-File, his sister's X-File with Scully. Oh, I'm sure he is, because Mulder loves to share. But (laughs) I feel, if you're his partner, you should create some boundaries. Yeah. I don't know. Some people share regressive therapy sessions. Some people share scrapbooks. (laughs) 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 And I'm going to predict the season one finale is going to like definitely involve his sister, Mulder's yeah. sister. I'm like, this mm. is like a lot of stuff about his sister and within four episodes. So I don't yeah. know if she'll exactly come back, but we'll get close to her coming back. Or they'll make like a deal. Yeah. Like, All right, we'll let you sister, we'll let you have your sister back, but you're gonna have to get away from these spooky X Files, spooky Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> and we've gotten too close. Yay! <laughs> Who does Mulder make the deal with? Uh, I don't know. The people that want him to get away from these X Files. Stop investigating these things. You're getting too close <laughs> to the truth. <laughs> so we see. Uh, Mulder sobbing in a church. No, he's not sobbing. He's straining to get a tear out. He's ah. doing the Ben Affleck, <laughs> ben Affleck ba- brand of crying where he's like, yes. ah! <laughs> Nothing's coming out! Ah. I'm such a better crier on cue than him. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cry. Oh, I have a question. Um, <laughs> I have to, I have no, to Brad's going to cry now. Oh, sorry. Already crying. Oh, don't cry, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> outright. Now... Take my word for it. Um, I wanted to say I I quite like the music in this last scene for some reason. I've written that down. Um, But also, I uh, are we to take from this that Mulder is like religious because he's in the church? I don't know. Is that something that's? I don't know. I just wondered. Um, because he's not mentioned it before or anything, has he? I'm just saying I didn't say anything like that before. Now, um, I'm just uh, there. this is definitely an episode that is trying to give you a bit of more of a background on Mulder and his attachment to the X-Files. Mm. Um, How about but, on the tape when they're like, what does the voice tell you? There's a voice that's talking to me. It's calming me or whatever. Right. Like, no Mulder come is to a your crazy sister. person. <laughs> One day she'll return. Do you believe the voice? I want to believe. Oh, whatever, dog. 
<laughs> Crazy. Which, uh, is definitely one of those X-Files sayings. Of course, it's on the poster there, but... So, okay, this is what I see a conduit is. When there's somebody <laughs> taken, there's somebody left behind to be the witness to it. Mm. And right. Mulder is the conduit, the witness of his sister being taken. Mm-hmm. And the alien mind projection is telling them, don't worry, it's fine, it'll be okay. And maybe the mother was the conduit when the the Girl Scouts were taken, and the and they were telling her, it's fine, they're going to be okay, it's going to oh, be maybe. all right. That's I don't think they were, I don't know, it did, I don't think the tabloid said they were taken, though. Oh, they weren't taken? Was they someone taken then, though? They saw it. Was the pilot taken? Because there was a pilot and some Girl Scouts, wasn't there? Oh, right, the, the weather people. Oh, weather people, yeah. They they saw it. All I, oh. all I remember hearing was that they saw the UFO. Yeah, they just saw oh. a thing. All right, so um, I think that Steph's explanation is perfect and everything's clear. So. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think that this show, it doesn't wrap things up. And it just mm-hmm. kind of leaves leaves it there for you to um, imagine things greater than what it can show you. I think it leaves things there <laughs> because it's easier to leave things there than come up with a coherent explanation. <laughs> I like it, though. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes what is neat is it starts... With the event that most shows would be, would use as the ending of an episode, mm-hmm. and the mystery of the the episodes are different than what most shows mysteries would be. I don't know. I just think it's um, it is just such an unusual series. It's not. It's uh, you can't really compare it to anything else. I mean, can as far as, well... They watch uh, nights? Uh, yeah, obviously Fox <laughs> wanted to reproduce <laughs> watch nights. Clearly. <laughs> Twin Peaks, you know. <laughs> but, um... There's not enough know. lifeguarding. <laughs> That's the downside. You know, these days, most shows are so, um... are such cookie-cutter stories. A cookie, It's like... It's like most people want to see the same story told over and over, and this is their stories. The stories of the X Files are just nothing that you've really seen before. And to me, this actually some of this stuff kind of reminded me of like Close Encounters, like the way that the aliens had the effect on Richard Dreyfus after the light hit him, Mm -hmm. and he started, you know, digging up his garden and playing in his mashed potatoes. I don't know if anybody's seen that. Yeah, it's a good movie. I was. I, I still have to say that I'm still surprised at how, like, quickly they get into the sort of proof of aliens. I think, I mean, obviously they have to have something to grab the audience. But, I, I mean, from, from what I remembered, like, in the second episode where they actually saw a UFO and pretty much, you know, there was, had had an actual close encounter, you know, I, I for some reason I thought it was going to be a lot more building up to it through the first season. That was something mm-hmm. that surprised me, even though I've seen it before. <laughs> I don't remember. 
But well, uh, I mean, in the second episode, I mean, they say it was uh, it might be military aircraft, and Scully saying it could be lights shining off the ground. I mean, it's never. I don't think they ever say definitely. You know? No, yeah. but we see from his his point of uh, we see from Old's point of view, and he's taken and he's silenced, you know, and so we know yeah, something's going on. It's not it, it's not very ambiguous, you know. That I, yeah. I was quite surprised at that it happened that soon. That's true. They Whereas this really episode was a lot more ambiguous. They never really play with the idea that Mulder is just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they realize that in the future that you guys would just be saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and I will continue to. <laughs> so, uh, Monster Runway. Um, do we have any sort of monster we can rate? I was thinking that creepy Kevin kid. Yeah. <laughs> Bad parenting. What's up to you guys? What do you think? Bad parenting. <laughs> Bad yeah, bad parenting is the monster of the week. The monster of bad parenting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tessa actually murdered somebody. Oh, so. yeah, so it would have to be her, I guess. <laughs> She's not exactly <laughs> the focus. You could say Ogre. He was ogre a monster. was not He's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> he had a gross ear, though. That's, that's and he had a bad tattoo. Right. Don't hold that against him, Robin. <laughs> bad tattooing is the monster of the week. <laughs> bad tattoo artist. <laughs> yeah. I would probably say that she's a monster of the week because she did kill someone. All right, so Tessa. Scary? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, teenage girls are pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, How about her, her creativity? Well, I'm very creative. Yeah. Well, we said already that she didn't consider the fact that Ruby might just turn back up and go, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it wasn't well thought out, but it was creative to try to pin it on Ruby somehow. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And, uh, Tessa's sex appeal. When they were walking her into the, the police station, she was kind of foxy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She was foxier than Ruby. Ruby! Yeah. With that hair. Ruby! <laughs> Ruby! All right. How about Mulder versus Scully? Who won? Oh, Scully. Scully. <laughs> Scully didn't end up crying or trying to cry in a church. <laughs> I thought Mulder won. Why? Because... Ow. Because somehow... I mean, I know it can't exactly... It's not totally based on anything he did, but he got the girl back. No, he didn't. He, he was he just didn't. there. He wasn't even there when the girl came back. <laughs> <laughs> he almost got hit by a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scully was there, and even Scully's if they the were the there, yeah, and didn't the mum already, already find Ruby? Okay, but mom, because... Yeah, even if they weren't there, she would have been found in... And they wouldn't even have these adventures if it wasn't for Scully, because the the FBI wasn't even going to approve the travel arrangements. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So, Scully okay, is. we're saying that Scully won because the mother told Ruby to keep her mouth shut, and she was going to keep her mouth shut. So if the aliens or the mother hadn't told Ruby to keep quiet, Mulder would have won. <laughs> no, I think Mulder would still lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got, he, I mean, he got the satisfaction that 
the, a girl came back and possibly, you know, he might get his sister back. It got too personal and he couldn't handle it. Yeah. Loser. Mulder molested a photograph. Exactly. <laughs> um, let me read you something that has to do with Mulder here. Um, it says here, uh, the company's portrayal of Fox Mulder in this episode has been cited as an example of the character's reversal of traditional gender roles. His openness and vulnerability when dealing with the similarities between the Morris case and his that of his sister casts him in a pattern typically engendered as female. He Ugh. represents a break from past archetypes with his emotional and empath- empathic balance, providing a contrast to previous male detectives in fiction. Who wrote that? <laughs> that is from uh, the Roger book Ebert. American Masculinity <laughs> Under Clinton, Popular Media in the 90s. Crisis Up. of Masculinity. Up. I think with a lot of the stuff like, I mean, with stuff like that and with what Steph was saying earlier about, you know, with comparing this to to shows now, it is a bit difficult because with the some of the, the aspects of the show, when they are shows that have influenced other shows since, you it, it feels... It feels very familiar, so it doesn't feel maybe as groundbreaking as it should, uh-huh, because you've right. seen it so many times since. For in, it, example, like example, something completely different. When I finally read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which was only about two years ago, a bad sci-fi fan, um, it, it <laughs> to me it felt really generic, and I didn't enjoy it, and I didn't find it funny because so many other things have been influenced by it and taken the, their kind of comedy from it. Right. That it just, you know, do you know what I mean? So it's kind of hard with things like that to think of how the character might have appeared at the time. What at the yeah. same compared time? to now? Yeah, what at the same I don't, time? I don't agree with that completely. That article, because, mm, but it, it's kind of, you know, hard to to think about it because we're obviously thinking about it with all the shows that have come since. But even at the same time, even if if all of the male stereotypes or macho cliches and whatever, if this was breaking from that, just because you don't give in to a cliche doesn't make you brave and bold. Mm. It just makes you not a cliche, which means you're doing your job. I don't think he gets extra points for that. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out and see if they do it and, you know, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So let's get on to field reports. And it's this is our field back from Agents in the Field. Ooh. And uh, I am all set here with um, <laughs> Dez's uh, voicemail. And uh, says here in her message, Pensacola, what, what? So I'm not <laughs> sure what that means. Hello, my little toxins. It's Dez. And Sky. And we just watched the episode Conduit. So what would you think, Skylar? I thought the title was extremely disappointing. There was nothing to do with sex in the title at all. We had Deep Throat, <laughs> you know. Pikachu. And Squeeze. <laughs> and Pikachu apparently <laughs> is getting a text message. <laughs> My bad. Um, uh, but, yeah. I mean, little kids got touched. 
<laughs> so. Probably got probed. And what was up with those clothes that poor kid had? He was wearing those short alls, and then he was wearing the suspenders. Oh, you know, she makes fun of that kid wearing short alls, but I lived in overalls for like the four, first six years of my life. There's a reason I don't own a pair now, because I'm like jaded on overalls. But they weren't short alls. They were overalls with long you pants. You own short alls. I remember you wearing them. <laughs> they had Lisa Poo on them. No. Yes, you had one me. that had a patch. No, that wasn't me. Yes, it was. I had short also don't tell anybody um the 90s was a hard time for the, <laughs> yes it was anyways so um did you like this episode um yes uh, um it was okay it was a little not cohesive <laughs> not cohesive like it's like and then we're in a bar and then there's a dead guy and oh she killed him because they're having babies and then motorcyclist out of nowhere but then ruby and then i was like no stop what are you um, doing? You're drunk. So <laughs> the bartender was Ogre. And you don't know who that is because, you know, you should have, you should be on the podcast. I'll watch that movie with Tammy and Dan, movies from the 80s and some from the 90s, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> because that's what Tammy's doing. All these movies she didn't watch back in the 80s. You should watch Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, Tammy's probably never watched Revenge of the Nerds either. Anyways, Sounds that was awful. Ogre. So, um, yeah, this episode was not too bad. Um, next episode is called The Jersey Devil. What do you think of that? I think that it must be about Rin Mike. <laughs> or Michael David, for those of you who don't speak Twitter. Um, because he's from Jersey and he's the devil. No, um, I like the Jersey Devil. I'm familiar with the mythology of the Jersey Devil. I think I did a little tiny report on him for like your Faye thing, that Faye cast for Lost Girl or whatever it was or something. But yeah, so... Let's Fatal Attraction Lost Girl podcast. Whatever. I don't... I'm not Robin. I just can't name drop podcasts left and right and be like, oh yeah, I was on that. I can. I can. But yeah. So I actually know the mythology behind that, so it'll be interesting to see if they do something good with it or if they're just like and then there was the Jersey Devil and Mulder was like running after shit and Sully had arm pads or shoulder pads and (laughs) nobody knew what's going on everybody called him crazy she does like her shoulder pads you know what my favorite part of this episode was can you guess was the part where he was not wearing a shirt? Yes! <laughs> you are so smart. She used that- to be so obsessed with him. Like, he's gotten kind of unattractive in his older age. Like, no. watching this now, I'm like, oh, he was much more attractive. He's like, well, no, because Kiefer Sutherland got really bad. Yes. Have you been watching David Duchovny lately is the question. Oh, I saw the ads for Californication at SDCC. Oh, he still looks good. He's okay. Um... Yeah, also the part where um, Scully goes up the stairs and she looks over the balcony and they, the the binary that the kid was writing made a picture. I remember that. I don't remember a whole lot from season one. I mean, as we go along, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. But that's one of those things that kind of stuck with me. Um, it's a, it's I was like, cool it's thing. a picture. It's a picture of Ruby. Yeah, pretty much Skylar called everything again. She is like... She's smart for the show. Yeah, clearly... <laughs> Too smart. Oh right. crap! We're at four minutes. Probably yeah, gonna let's kill wrap. Again. Let's wrap it up. Okay, so <laughs> thumbs up. Still watching? Eh. 
I don't have to watch another episode for like over a week now because we watched it earlier than we usually do, and then we're going to be out of town, so I guess since I'm getting like a two-week break almost. A week and a half, yeah. Yeah, I guess I can watch another episode. Okay, awesome. Okay, well, that's it from uh, the Pensacola uh, segment of the the show. (laughs) The best Uh, segment. Thank you all for listening to Intro to X. Uh, (laughs) This podcast is out there, and we'll see you again next week with our our regular segment. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, we're out. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. I, I just I just want to apologize to the listeners. Um, I know they spoke about some fashion choices. And we all know that's completely inappropriate, and I denounce <laughs> yeah. and reject them for their comments. It's completely inappropriate. I, I personally I would never say such things. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, or he Brad. just like harp on him <laughs> over and over again. Just want to get that out of the way. <laughs> I want to say, why doesn't Kim Fowler love us anymore? She's not sent us feedback two weeks in a row. Hmm. Uh, I think she's in Vegas right now. That's not an excuse. <laughs> I would love Vegas voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> I want it when she's been drinking too many one dollar uh, margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to, like, hear a real cocky Kim calling in from the tables. Like, she's been doing good for the last couple hours. She's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I got to talk to you about the X-Files. So, no, no, do me We in, still love you, in. Kim. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have a, a email from Ina. Does anybody want to read that? Mm-hmm. I've got that up if you want. I can Thanks. read that. Uh, it says, uh, hi, guys. In toxes and stuff. <laughs> okay. Guys in toxes. <laughs> In in toxes and stuff. Very sorry. I fell asleep in the middle of this episode. What happened? Haha, <laughs> 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 just kidding. But it was a bit slow and didn't engage me in the same way the previous ones did. Another alien abduction with a side story of a girl getting pregnant and killing her boyfriend out of jealousy. The little brother writing binary code forming a big picture of Ruby was kind of cool. And I like that we and Scully got more insight into Mulder's backstory with the sister and what he's still going through. The way he touched the picture of the missing girl, who of course looked a lot like Samantha, was a little creepy though. <laughs> mm-hmm. And why were those kids still sleeping outside the camper by Lake Okaboji, famous Nailed for it. being a UFO hotspot? Well, I'm sticking with you and the show through good and bad episodes. So here's to you. Cheers from Ina. Thanks, Ina. <laughs> Thanks, Ina. Send from me an iPad. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> from Minneapolis. <laughs> I, I I get about the picture. I mean, <laughs> they were both in swimsuits. Like they could have just kind of like, oh, he kind of looks at it. He's like, he get like a double take. Huh. Maybe they should have like put like Samantha's picture in the frame, and he was like, but what? And then all of a sudden, you see that it's actually like Ruby's picture. I don't know. I wonder whose choice it was for him to stroke the picture. Whether it was an acting choice. By David Duchovny, he was told to by the director. Because <laughs> it, it was I, I just don't have weird. <laughs> Who wants to read from uh, Jason? Uh, I can. Okay. This is for. Oh, it's a long one. Blimey. Uh, this is from Jason Abels, or Jason from Indianapolis, as he says. This is the first episode of The X Files about aliens that doesn't seem to involve government cover up. 
Also, I think it's the first time that neither Mulder nor even the audience is shown the slightest shred of physical evidence. We think we're going to get... Get when... When... What? We think we're going to get some, I think I was meant to say, when the bright lights show up, but that just turns out to be the bikers. Check out Mulder's brilliant plan to survive an oncoming wave of motorcyclists by lying down and blending in with the ground. (laughs) Quick camouflage. (laughs) Also check out Scully doing CPR on someone who is really unconscious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The conduit part of this episode seemed really uninformed. I'll ignore the technical impossibility of 77 pages of binary code being able to produce a 3D double helix. Like all TV... (laughs) like all tv shows in the 90s you have to sod all things computer but why do they form a picture of his sister why is he picking up random things from the tv has he been abducted anyone else wonder why blevins suddenly approved the case based on scully's initial talk with Mulder? does her previous report of alien spacecraft make her more credible to him (laughs) <laughs> maybe <laughs> of course you'll probably recognize that this episode is important mostly for the final scene while today we know how awful regression hypnosis is in the early 90s it was still seen as a valid way of memory retrieval we get insight into why Mulder always goes for the supernatural first weird things being true reinforces his belief that a weird thing happened to his sister we should keep a running tally of the number of times Scully and Mulder get separated just so Mulder can be alone in seeing something weird. It doesn't actually <laughs> happen here, but as the season goes on, they get more and more ridiculous with it. Awesome. Jason, I think you've just volunteered yourself for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Yeah, Steve's already got the, uh, 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 this, was it the Scully versus Mulder one? <laughs> yep. <laughs> we don't actually want to do any actual work. No. <laughs> I'm keeping yeah. track of the ratings. Thanks, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brad, did you want to read John's? Sure. All right. General observations. Number one. If the FBI has such a problem with Mulder, why don't they just fire him? Good question. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but he's got connections to Congress people. That's true. Well, <laughs> next election cycle, maybe they won't be there anymore. <laughs> yep. Number two, if my family had a history of vanishing while camping outside at Lake Okoboji, I think I would avoid camping outside at Lake Okoboji. <laughs> Robert! Robert! <laughs> Number three, Mulder even touches photos creepily. <laughs> True Greed. Four, if Mulder were to come up in my office with that attitude, he'd get bitch slapped. Oh, John, I'd love to see you bitch slapping Mulder. <laughs> I would too. But I hope you wouldn't be such a, such a sexist douche in your office. <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny. Like, if the show is from the perspective of the FBI, the local sheriffs are total tool bags. <laughs> if it's if uh, it's from the sh- aspect of like the local cops on the beat, FBI are just a bunch of jerks. It's, just, <laughs> it's funny. Let's just agree that everyone's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, John. That's the subtitle of the show. X-Files. Everyone's a dick. Everybody's a dick. Or crazy. Uh, Number five. No, Mulder. No, it's not a nice tattoo. It looks like the Kang in the Kodos UFO from The Simpsons. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Number six. 
suited NSA thugs manhandling an old woman and an eight-year-old boy. And thus begins the origin of Brad's distrust for authority figures. <laughs> Brad, it's not my fault that everyone's boy. a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who threw you in the back of a car when you were a kid? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was always thrown in the back of cars. <laughs> Uh, number seven, you would think that after submersing his hand in bile, Mulder would carry latex gloves. <laughs> you would think he would carry latex gloves anyway as a, <laughs> you know, person who investigates a lot of crime scenes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, number eight, I love the emphasis on the word conduit. Conduit. <laughs> Nine, when Mulder shot his gun in the air, I so wanted to spot an owl to fall in the all dead in the background. <laughs> That'd be another Twin Peaks exactly. homage. Awesome. <laughs> you just hear, ah! <laughs> The owls are dying all around us. <laughs> Alright, so uh, why don't we go to a bit of audio feedback. Uh, we have one more bit of audio feedback from Matt and Mel. Hey guys, it's uh, Mel. Matt really took it to heart last time with... Uh... You guys said about him sounding tired. So uh, he's almost done there. He's trying something radical today. Oh, wait. Here he comes. He's emerging. (laughs) Ah, I feel great. That was awesome. Guys, you gotta try it. Do not knock bile and newspaper cocoons until you've tried it. Seriously. So much paper mache. Before I went in there, I also went over to my neighbor's house and scooped out his liver. Really good. Now that I'm refreshed, let's talk about the conduit episode. I don't know. I think I prefer the monsters than the aliens. Yeah, because nothing nothing happens in the alien episodes. Like, I even wrote at the beginning, girl will come back, no thanks to Mulder and Scully. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what happened. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Abduction stories, they're kind of creepy, but eh. Yeah. (laughs) I'm kind of getting annoyed with this trend of the show painting authorities as heartless monsters. The local law enforcement, all the other FBI agents besides Mulder and Scully, they're all, like, evil dicks. Yeah, they always like like those those national security guys just busted in and started ripping that little yeah. boys' room apart. Yeah. And they were barely looking at the evidence when they were looking through. <laughs> they were just like throwing stuff wherever. It was more like a home invasion than anything else. Mm. I also really liked seeing that bartender with the crispy ear. He was the best friend who gets killed in Bloodsport, and he also played uh, Ogre in Revenge of the Nerds. The guy who just whenever he sees them, he's just like nerds. <laughs> Oh, I forgot to do my um, my questionable quote for last week. For last week, it is, Mulder's ideas may be way out there, but he is a great agent. <laughs> <laughs> questionable. For this week, it's more an unfortunate quote, just the way it's worded and the, the way it sounds. Mulder says, If there was an abduction, it's likely that Kevin was touched in some way. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Oh, and by the way, doesn't it sound like Mulder murdered his sister? All evidence points that, you know, he was alone in the room with her. Mm. The aliens took her. That's what we're going to find out in the end. I think she's buried in the basement of his childhood home. Probably. (laughs) Why the fuck would you follow a pack of wolves? Look, wolves! And how come that... (laughs) Spirit wolves will lead us to the truth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And how come that small hill masked the sound of like a hundred motorcycles until after they'd come over the hill? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Anyways, we should rate it. Yeah. I'm just going to give it stealth motorcycles up. I am going to give this... It was pretty good. 
Even though nothing much happened. <laughs> nothing much happened. So I'll give it a 7 out of 10 zeros and ones. <laughs> okay. Alright, so I guess we should go... Oh, wait! I'm getting a transmission from my TV. i got to write down all these ones and zeros. <laughs> Guys, it's something of cultural significance. Something really important that aliens want to tell us. Let's listen. Seems to be an audio clip. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible. Aliens! <laughs> wow. Nice. That was brilliant. <laughs> oh, man. He just wow. got prick rolled. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> Once again, Matt and Mel read our minds. They know that they also know that everyone is, everyone is a dick. <laughs> Fact. Yep. <clears throat> All right. So the last bit of uh, uh, feedback is from Val. Um, she wrote in time for this one, and she Ooh. says, "Hello, usual suspects and special guest Steph. As usual, sending feedback in at the last minute because I suck. So just some random thoughts. This was an okay, decent episode. More interesting than the first." Too, but so far, Squeeze still holds the top spot for me. Ah, uh, Mulder's little sis was cute. So, is he ever going to find out what happened to her before it's all said and done? It's okay, you can tell me now, Robin, and I won't tell anyone else. <laughs> Mulder fingering, I mean touching the picture of little Ruby feels icky to me. Stop that, Mulder. <laughs> Maybe Mulder would be more interesting if he yelled BAM at the end of every <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Agreed. The reveal of Ruby's face from the binary numbers was kind of cool. Oh, hello yeah. there, shirtless Mulder. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the end scene. Hey, look, the Coveney's trying to cry. He turned his lower lip down in everything. Bless his little heart. He's not very good at this, is he? You keep trying, okay, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I give this six out of ten bams. I'm just not really into the uh, alien abduction storyline. Uh, which I suppose screws me because I'd wager the show is going to be covering a lot of those. So let's see how long I'll be along for the ride. Who knows? I might have to get off the ride for a little while and watch the show Robin's Pimping instead. Teen Wolf. Oh, geez. Hey, have a great podcast, guys. You're doing an awesome job. Thanks, Val. Thanks, Val. And Teen Wolf is awesome. I'm on episode nine. <laughs> it's is there a great booth? is there a booth no there isn't actually is there a styles there is a styles but he's so very not styles <laughs> i've not seen any of it i mean he's wacky comic relief but he's not he's no he doesn't have a van there's no there's no surfing but fuck Rubbish. that that's not teamwork <laughs> exactly i need uh, styles and i need van surfing and i need booth <laughs> You can't, okay, you can't do surfing if you film in Canada. Man <laughs> surfing, you can. You can. Wolf. <laughs> and he has a Jeep, which is good enough. It's the present-day equivalent to a van. I'm morally outraged. Did Jason Bateman ever turn up in it, in the series? <laughs> Not yet. 
<laughs> no, and it's not as funny. It's more uh, drama. It's more drama than comedy. It's, um, the tone is a lot different. Is there any lifeguards? <laughs> no. Can't watch it. <laughs> you know what I have seen, which I can't remember if I told Tammy or not. I did watch the first episode of Beauty and the Beast. Oh. Ooh. Why? <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> oh. The new one, right? Yeah. That was a, a show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So um, now that we've set the bar really low, let's get into our X ratings. Yeah. And, uh, let's start with Steph. What do you rate this episode? Um, it wasn't. Okay. I was engaged the whole time. I wasn't bored. Um it didn't a lot of things didn't make a lot of sense but i i give it 7 out of 10 uh hot doorknobs <laughs> <laughs> you're in a totally different direction than i thought you were going <laughs> awesome uh tammy yeah um i thought the pacing was uh a lot better in this episode than some of the previous ones <laughs> all three of them uh but i still wasn't like all about this episode it was just too all over the place for me so i gave it seven out of tens abductions of ruby bam <laughs> <laughs> nice brad all right um i gotta say this episode makes no fucking sense <laughs> none <laughs> But I fucking love it. Yay! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because it's hilarious at every point. I think I've watched this three and a half times. <laughs> I was watching it in the wee hours of the night the other day when we were processing video. And I was laughing constantly because it's constantly one-upping, one-upping itself with insanity. <laughs> so I think I gotta go eight and a half. Ribbons! <laughs> 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 wow, awesome. Um, Claire? I, oh, I love this episode. <laughs> um, I think for, like, comparing it to the previous ones, I, uh, like, the pilot was okay, but I remembered a lot of it, so it was just kind of like, Ooh, okay, cool. The second episode was really boring. The third episode was great, but I remembered it a lot, so I kind of knew what was coming at every point. Whereas this one, I didn't remember, so I was actually watching going, oh, what's going to happen next? Oh, my word, a wolf! And I was getting really into it. And it was just completely bonkers, this episode. So I am going to give it 9 out of 10 hamburgers. Wow. That's the highest uh, newbie rating yet. <laughs> I love this episode. <laughs> Um, I loved it too. Um, it's definitely one of those classic X Files moments. Uh, yeah, classic X Files episodes. Um, there's just some memorable moments in here, um, from the kid, you know, with the notes in front of the TV and uh, the picture, and I don't know. But there are some real kind of uh, problems with the story. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Pew boohoo's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
attempted pubu. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that, uh, you know, how um, Val pointed out how he stuck his bottom lip out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm acting. Alright, I'm looking up um, to see what kind of acting training Duchovny has gotten on the internet. I can't find anything. I don't think he... Then obviously he doesn't have any. <laughs> He's like a writer. He took like... He has like degrees in English literature and stuff. No evidence of acting classes. He's classically trained. Uh, he was performing Shakespeare <laughs> at 14. <laughs> I would love to see Jacobini's King Lear. <laughs> <laughs> blow winds, crack your cheeks. Rage, blow winds, you cataracts and hurricanes. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next episode is the Jersey Devil. We got uh, Tan. Uh, Tan. What the hell is wrong with me? I Tammy's Tammy's <laughs> husband Dan. <laughs> there, I saved it. Um, <laughs> showing up for that one. And uh, we have to make our prediction. Dan will be on it. (laughs) Oh, sweet. What what that episode is all about. And please let it be me. (laughs) Well, it can't be me. Thanks a lot, guys, for screwing this up. (laughs) No, it came up me again. Son of a... Tammy. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Brad really wanted it. Brad, do you want to go? (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to throw out the whole system. You just bucked the system. (laughs) And I pass. Uh, I I assume since the name of it is Jersey Devil, it's going to be about the Jersey Devil, but we're probably never going to actually see it. (laughs) We're just going to have like a lot of murders or something. That would be too expensive. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, my prediction is it's about the Jersey Devil, but we're never going to see it. (laughs) I challenge your prediction. (laughs) Yes. Me too. (laughs) All right. Faye Inn. Buffet restaurant. (laughs) Night. The food keeps disappearing and no one can figure out why. Cut to shady figure in the corner, Chris Christie. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Claire, you want to break a prediction or have you seen this one? Oh, I've, uh, I have seen it, but I don't remember anything about oh, okay. it at all. Um, I've seen it twice, in fact, and I don't remember a thing. Um, I I thought going down the the actual Jersey Devil, I thought mm, that might be a bit predictable. So I thought that maybe Mulder is taking Scully on a trip to New York to go and see Cats on Broadway, and on the way, driving through the Lincoln Tunnel, they find that the Lincoln Tunnel has been closed because there's a secret underground or what are they called cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers, aka Chuds, who are performing a ritual to raise Satan, and they're the Jersey the Jersey Devils. Done. Bam. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see if any of those predictions come true. <laughs> I'm really hoping for the Chris Christie one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> gonna happen. <laughs> All right. So, anything else, guys? Before we go, Rebecca. <laughs> can we find out where stuff we can hear stuff at? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do what's on with Steph and Des. That's my television podcast with Desiree from Pensacola that you just heard with Skylar. Um, I do a potential cast uh, that's a Buffy uh, rewatch podcast and also Redemption Cast with Robin, the Ooh. Angel rewatch podcast. Now there's a podcast. <laughs>
All right, so we'll catch you guys all next week. We'll be back with the Jersey Devil. Bye. 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 All of our episodes can be found on iTunes or Downcast. If you're listening, let us know at twitter.com slash intro to UX. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash intro talks. Keep it spoiler free. If you do want to talk about spoilers, we have a group for that. That's at facebook.com slash groups slash super secret spoiler. Email us with feedback at mail at introtalks.com. Make sure the episode title is in the subject line. If you want to email me with anything spoilery, email me at supersecretspoiler at introtox.com. All of our podcasts and contact information can be found on our basement office on the internet, introtox.com. And you can tweet me at twitter.com slash lrobinero. Also check out Redemption Cast, an intro cast I co-host about the TV series Angel. You can find that at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash myafire. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Yip. You can also find me on I'llWatchThatMovie.com where I am a newbie going through movies from the 80s, 90s, and then we'll see what happens from there. And on a belly dance podcast called Yip Podcast. You guys can catch me on the Ramjack podcast and also on the Twin Peaks podcast. 